Hi, everyone. I'm Erica Carbajal with Beckers, and thanks so much for joining us for the podcast today. Today, we have Doug Carter, the CEO and co-founder at Ironside Human Resources. Doug, thanks for joining today. Very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, have this conversation with with you today, Erica. Yeah, definitely a timely and pressing topic. We're going to be talking about the trends Doug is seeing with health systems, nurse staffing, and some key considerations for leaders to reduce costs, improve staffing, and care quality. So, Doug, to start, you know, we're we're well into 2023 now. It's hard to believe, but (laughs) nearing the end of the public health emergency, what is the current nursing landscape like for hospitals and health systems? What are you seeing as some of the most pressing issues in this area right now? Well, as you would, as you said, we're, we're, you know, at the end of the pandemic here, and you, you would think that uh, some of the strain on uh, staffing within nursing uh, would have eased up by now, and you know that that the strain on the healthcare system as a whole would have eased off uh, just a little bit at least, but it has not. Uh, the, the strain has actually gotten worse, and uh, staffing uh, in general for hospitals, and not just across nursing, but just across the board in general has gotten very uh, difficult. And, uh, you know, the hospitals uh, are busier than ever. Um, you know, there, there are other factors that are going on, as we all know, but, you know, people are still getting sick out there. Uh, flu spiked and, uh, you know, flu is still spiking. And, uh, you know, with, with the, some of the uh, hot spots of COVID that will come up, it's, the hospitals are still being uh, and under a lot of uh, tension out there. Yeah, absolutely. And as you mentioned, it's across the board, not just not just nursing. And you know, hospitals are seeing higher levels of volumes of higher acuity, acuity patients as well now. So, you know, as a result, with nurse some of the nurse workforce shortages, we're seeing hospitals um, do a lot of different things around flexibility as a key way to recruit and retain nurses. It's been a key part of their their strategy lately. Can you talk about some of the factors that led to this trend and some of the main ways you're seeing hospitals and health systems offer flexibility? Yeah, definitely so. Uh, actually, we we did a poll on some of our clients out there. I'm going to take a couple of ex- experts uh, from uh, a couple of our clients and kind of go over what they've shared with us there uh, as far as to what they're doing and what we're actually seeing out there from a client perspective. Uh, one of our clients, uh, his name's Ward Van Wick, and he's the vice president of strategy for the Montana Health Network. He says uh, that he believes that uh, retention is the best recruitment tool out there and to practice flexibility with all staff, not just nurses, but you know, and you do that by having a relationship and understanding uh, of all employees. And uh, that's very important is keeping engaged with all employees. So that's what they're doing within the Montana Health Network is staying engaged and really just trying to understand the needs of all employees and uh, focusing on retention because uh, that's the people you have there. Uh, the best thing you do is try and keep them there. And then one of our other clients out there, Joanne Hertz, she's the senior vice president of nursing at Brooks Rehab. Again, flexibility. This is a quote from her. Flexibility is a key in maintaining today's healthcare workers. Being able to accommodate flexible schedules, schedules related to obtaining advanced degrees and career goals, and an increased ability for self-scheduling. And, and she says that's where the healthcare worker has more options for scheduling is a must. 
So as you can see there, clients out there are focused on flexibility and, and retention. And those are the best tools that we're seeing out there for, for our clients to focus on is their, their staff. Well, while having travel folks out there, locums, it is important. You know, they do fill in gaps. It's very costly. And uh, you've got to focus on the staff that you have there so you don't have to always turn to travelers and end up uh, overpaying for, for your staff. Yeah, Doug, thanks for sharing some of what you're seeing, you know, from, from a bird's eye view perspective. It reminds me of, I uh, can't remember exactly which leader I, I heard mention it. might have been Greg Till from, from Providence, but seeing this quote of flexibility is the new engagement capital, I think that touches, uh, you know, re aligns really closely with what you were just mentioning. Um, I think when, Doug, when we're considering costs and impacts to staff culture management and, and patient care quality, what are some of the key opportunities and challenges of full-time staff nurses versus travel nurses? Well, the, the, biggest, uh, the biggest concern for hospitals is when you're hiring travel nurses, you know, it's, you know you've got to look at how it's going to impact your, your, your permanent staff and the overall culture of bringing in travelers. So you really have to, you know, focus if the hospitals out there. They have to focus on uh, doing permanent recruiting. You know, it's, it's a long-term uh, retention program. And that, what we got to do is what the hospitals have to do. Our clients need to focus on, you know, remaining competitive against other offers out there. They have to, they actually have to not just look at their, their own market. They have to look at a, the market's a national market now because you're competing with travelers. So you have to take that into consideration. And, you know, uh, while travel rates have come down and it has softened, uh, there are folks out there that will still go from a permanent job to travel because the pay is so high. It's still high. Um, so they have to look at that as a whole. And then uh, on the travel nursing side, you know, culture is, you know, it's a huge thing. And as travelers come in, you know, sometimes travelers are uh, kind of looked at as, you know, they're less welcome. Uh, so it's kind of a double-edged sword. So hospitals, do need travelers, you know, but maybe not to the degree that they're utilizing them at. I, I do think that there are some hospitals that just gotten used to it and they, they go on and use them and they probably need to look at making some of those folks permanent employees. And, uh, and then the travelers they have to have in, they, they need to make sure that the staff welcomes those folks because you don't want the travelers to feel alienated by their permanent team. So it's a double-edged sword out there. Yeah, definitely. I think you raise a great point too about folks having to look, leaders having to look beyond their local markets now when they're thinking about, um, you know, nurse staffing and, and recruitment and retention. Can you talk about too some of the common hesitations that you hear from hospital and health system leaders regarding the hiring of travel nurses and it, along with that, how you address some of their concerns? Well, the, the biggest thing is that yeah, we, we went through this and uh, again through surveys and it, this is going to be such a shocker. Uh, the biggest thing is cost. <laughs> so, you know, that the cost of travelers, it, you know, during the pandemic, it, it went up exponentially. And while it has come down, it, it did not drop down to the level it was pre-pandemic pre and it's not going to. But so the biggest concern is cost. And then uh, the other one that we saw uh, through our surveys is is the, the internal conflict 
uh, that results with the existing permanent staff that, that come in, you know, because that, ex- that existing staff is not getting a premium wage like the travelers. So th- those are the two biggest hesitations uh, out there that we're seeing from our clients. And the other thing is that I would say that, and I would agree with this, is that travel nursing is meant to be short-term. It always was a short-term mm-hmm. fix. You know, you use it to cover a, a medical leave. You use it to cover a hard-to-fill position, but it should not be a permanent solution to to staffing. And that's, you know, and, and of course, I, I Ironside places travelers, we love doing that, but it's unattainable to have this market where it's at and the, the pricing levels that, that, it, that it was at, but you can't have a hospital spend their whole budget on travel nurses. It's not good for for the hospital. It's not good for my industry. And I think that hospitals need to find a way to uh, really reduce the travel usage. I, I actually was listening to a, uh, you know, I'll keep this brief, but I was listening to a board meeting of a rural hospital. I'll leave the, the, the name of the hospital in the state out, but it was a critical access hospital that has currently has 21 travelers on assignment today still. That's a 25-bed hospital in rural nowhere America. My floor hit the mouth when I heard them say this because I, as a person that works in staffing, was shocked that that was still going on. During the peak of the pandemic, they had over 40 travelers in-house. And that is, again, that is not something that is sustainable for finances of a hospital. So I would, I would urge all hospital leaders out there, if you, if, if you have a large number of travelers working in your hospital, you've got to find a way to, and I'm, I'm sure some of my industry folks won't like this, but you've got to find a way to get some of those folks out of there. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, you know, it seems like it's important for hospitals to start thinking about using travel nurses more strategically. But um, as you said, reduce the the overall utilization. A recent report um, just found from the American Hospital Association the, the total expenses on contract labor jumped about two hundred and sixty percent from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty two. So definitely some really big financial implications there that I'm sure are serving as a, a motivator to think more strategically about usage there. Um, but if a hospital or health system is interested in implementing a travel nurse workforce, where can they start or what are some key resources, best practices that you would recommend? Well, the, the first thing I would look at if they're looking at working with a travel nurse, it's a uh, travel nurse or nurses. But the one thing they can look at is, is Okay, if, 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 for example, let's say a department is looking at a closure because they're understaffed, well, then that makes sense. So they, they've got to look at the situation. Then if you're going to bring in travel nurses that because you're understaffed and it's going to keep a department open and that department being open generates more revenue than you're spending, well, then that makes sense. So we currently work with a tribal health care facility up in, uh, up in Alaska. And they were, you know, experiencing a severe uh, laboratory technician shortage. And we're, we were able to send out candidates to them, and we actually kept their lab open. Uh, so that, that, to me, is that makes sense because they weren't going to have lab services. Uh, where were those? And those folks, they would, they would have to get on a plane 
to go get lab services. So in that scenario, it makes a lot of sense. And then uh, in southeastern Texas, we had a client where we were able to uh, get fully credentialed medical professionals, uh, and you know, within five days, and we kept we kept their department open for them as well because they were getting close to closure. I would look at it in those scenarios and and where it makes that kind of sense. But if you're if you're not feeling that kind of pain, then maybe you don't need a traveler. Yeah, definitely sounds like a, a case by case basis. And thanks for sharing those scenarios. Um, you know, if, if it, in terms of department looking at a closure because of understaffing, and you know that it making sense in those kinds of cases to keep departments um, open and staffed to generate that revenue. Um, I know you mentioned several success success stories there with what you're seeing in. Southeastern Texas and others. Are there any other success stories or perspectives that you wanted to share um, based on clients that you've worked with where, where they've successfully implemented a travel nurse workforce or any key improvements they saw? Yeah. So again, again uh, our, our client, uh, Joanne Hertz uh, at uh, Brooks Rehab, uh, they've, they've had some uh, success in using more of what they would call a local uh, traveler nurse. Um, you know, they, and they're, they, they're very restrictive on uh, using nurses there, but they did find a local travel nurse in their market, uh, and they were uh, able to, and it was supplemental. So what they did was they brought this person in and uh, were able to give relief to some of their current existing full-time employees uh, that were being overworked. So again, in that scenario, it was somebody being brought in to give people a break that were being overworked. So another incredible scenario of uh, offering flexibility to their staff and, uh, you know, reducing their hours because they actually wanted to take a break. So I, I think that's an incredible story to to look at and to tell when, uh, when you want to give your staff a break. And then the other one you can do is if you're, you know, if it's a, you know, emergent need, uh, again, you know, department closing or somebody's on medical leave, uh, maybe you maybe you look at that because there are benefits to it. But again, like you said just a, a few minutes ago, a case by case scenario. And the, the the trick is, as you start to bring these folks in, don't start bringing a whole bunch in because it's easier and you're paying a lot more money. Because the next thing you know, you're in the scenario where you have 20 travelers working in your facility, and you're you're starting to wonder how you've spent all this money. Doug, thanks so much for joining today and sharing some insight on staffing trends and how health systems can get more strategic about their use of travel nurses. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Ironside Human Resources. And listeners, you can tune into more podcasts by visiting the podcast page on our website at beckershospitalreview.com slash podcasts. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Erica. It's been a pleasure to be with you.